Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. So today is June 8th, 2016. So who first? Oh, okay, so Sky. Do you remember us talking about Sky? I do, and I reread the notes I had written down from our last conversation, too. So let me just call her in. So Sky, please. Okay. Hi. So immediately she shows me greater flexibility in her neck, greater flexibility on the sides of the body in the region behind the shoulders and in front of the section where the ribs start to come out. Um, she tells me I've got greater longitudinal, which means on her sides, flexibility. Uh -huh. That's what she's telling me right off the bat. So I'm going to let uh -huh. you guide us on the first question. Okay. Um, is, is her, you know, is, is her, because you thought last time that her um, muscles had torn off of, uh, you know, the longitudinal areas of her spine. Okay. Um, and when I started working on her, I felt like there was like a red hot poker there. And so now I just feel like a mild irritation. So, um, you know, does she feel like she's healing? We haven't been able to see Diane because Diane's husband died. Um, yeah. I don't know if you knew that. And then so we have an appointment scheduled with her on this coming Monday. So I wanted to double check in and, and see where we were with her injury and if she's feeling better, what else, what works best for her, what we can do different. Okay, absolutely. All right, so Sky, where do you want to begin with all this? Um, okay, so the region where she had described, yes, the last time, like a ribbon or a tore sensation, she said, mm -hmm. together. Now, I don't get it 100% perfect. However, she tells me 80% improvement since when we last spoke. Um, mm -hmm. When I asked a comment regarding your person, you know, referring to it as a red poker area, she says it's still an area of irritation. I would agree with mom. She said, but mom would say that the muscles in that region, the very thin muscles under the skin there, are happier. Mm -hmm. It's like they're smoother and less sticky. Um, mm -hmm. the, um, they're not as tight. They're not as taut. They are more fluid like water, she says, mm -hmm. and it's a good thing. So tell me more about, um, I think we talked with, with her about her left, was it her left hind? Yes. Okay. It, was, it was her, it was about L4 approximately okay. where this injury was. Um, okay, okay, we're talking on the spine in this case. Okay, so let's yes. go. So lumbar four, what's your awareness around this? Wow, it feels a lot more looser. Now, I want you to remind me the sensation when we last spoke. Oh, wow, huge improvement. Okay, so I can go back to the past and feel it when we last spoke. And wow, she's got greater flexibility to kick her, her back two heels up even. Now, I don't get full range of motion like, you know, the average horse who never had an injury would, but right. there is great improvement for her. She's much a happier camper as a result because she feels better. You've been doing a lot of work, massage work. She shows me you with your hands um, on her body around that uh -huh. region, and she says, this has been very good for me. She didn't honestly know if it was going to work um, or uh -huh. be helpful, but it feels like indeed it has. Now, she's still not perfect. The area around, uh -huh. you're calling it the L4, that region there is still a slight downward pressure to one of the, the vertebrae in that same region. And I mean down as if it was pulled closer to gravity. However, yes. um, she tells me the muscles around it are a lot more supple. She feels that in an ideal world, what she would like to do, and this may be something you want to present to Dr. Wagner, she'd love to have a, an invisible hand with human fingers on it, come up from below, go through her body, and push that lumbar vertebrae up towards the sky. Pop it towards the sky. When asked, what is it you're trying to achieve here? Alignment. Vertebral okay. alignment is what she's trying to, her goal in offering that image. Okay. Um, okay, so let me see what else. She feels very strong on both the left and the right hind limbs area, the hips 
feels good. She shows me hips. Her hips is being very, very darn close to being even if she was standing in table pose, which is great. Uh-huh. Um, she and tells me there's less pressure on her knees these days. We're talking about the front two knees. Yes. Like she's holding her body more balanced, like a table evenly spread on all four uh-huh. versus, you know, being pitched forward. So that's an improvement as well. Um, uh-huh. Smiling, she's telling me her mouth, her teeth are good. Okay, brings me up to her pole and the um, first neck vertebrae right behind the pole, and she shows it be, me being loosey-goosey, which is fantastic. SI joint, a um, little bit of tightness there that, you know, is still, it shouldn't be tight. So a little bit of tightness there that has not dissipated, but it, again, it's lighter. Okay. So really nice progress. That's great. Yes, you know, indeed. and that's what I'm seeing. And um, the main thing is when I have a, 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 I don't know what degree hill, maybe 40 degrees or so going up to the barn. And when I work her on that hill, her eyes start looking worried. Um, and I haven't done that for about eight days because she looked distressed. So I didn't want to, but I kind of wanted to use that to evaluate how she was feeling. Um, but what I see in the pasture is, you know, when we before I talked to you, she could barely roll at all. Now she's almost rolling almost all the way over. She's running and bucking and kicking in the pasture. She's bossing everybody else around. Um, so, uh, you know, watching her move, she's more fluid. Um, she looks happy out there. So ask her how she feels about, you know, going up and down the hill there's nothing comparable in the pasture, but what does she think about doing that now? Okay, sure. That would still frighten her when I ask why. Because what happens is going uphill at that 40 degrees, it puts a lot of tension in that area of the lumbar back along the vertebrae uh-huh. area that's still tight that we talked about uh-huh. already. Yeah. Um, it's like for whatever reason, because of that angle, it's like the pressure increases in that area. So it actually feels like it's A, a struggle for her to get up the hill because that, uh-huh. for whatever reason, that section of vertebrae is causing tension at that particular okay. angle. Interestingly enough, when I feel her even out, like say at the top of the hill, and I imagine she's going straight, uh, no uh-huh. angle, it, that pressure gets totally alleviated. So that might be something you really want to point out to Dr. Wagner, because I, as Danielle, don't know why that would be, but angle does okay. matter. Um, and it goes from when she's walking straight, the pressure is a three. Okay, zero out of 10 is my scale. Zero is no pressure. Right. Okay, so when she does that 40 degree angle, it goes up to an eight. So it's pretty significant for her. Now, okay, okay. she's gotten stronger in the um, chest and shoulder and muscle area of that, that where the, basically the front two legs come to the core of the body. So that region mm-hmm. has really gotten stronger. So she's able to kind of compensate better. But it feels mm-hmm. like if you were to ask her to do that 40 degrees back when we spoke, Originally, it would have caused her immense pain and emotional suffering because I see her being going almost like, oh, my God, Mom, I can't do this, and going almost crazy like you're asking her to do something she is afraid she can't handle. Right, right, right. So because when she starts, her eyes look distressed, I stop. Yeah. Um, That's just, I just, she's telling me that it's, I mean, she does it, but she's, her eyes are telling me that it's it's something that she really doesn't feel comfortable doing. Correct. Okay. Now, something else you'll want to mention, Dr. Wagner, I want to say on the left side of the rib cage, in um, it's not the, the rib that's closest to the tail end, but it's maybe maybe one or two in front of that one. She shows it to me as if it's bulging out. When I ask her, what is this image? She feels it's out of place, out of alignment. She feels it's out of alignment and popped outward, you know, away from the center of the body because uh-huh. of what's going on with that lower back that we just talked about going up the hill. Um, okay. So it's like even if you put that rib back into proper placement, it's going to pop out anyway until that area is addressed in the vertebrae. Okay, okay. Oh, that makes sense to me. Okay, super. Yeah. And does she have anything else that that she can tell me about? I've been... Because she's gotten fearful of being out by herself. Is there anything she wants to tell us about that? 
Um, okay, because her body she used has to be totally feet. confident. As a four-year-old, I could ride her in the wilderness, and she was totally confident and totally uh, safe. And uh, you know, we could count on each other. You know, and and both of us felt totally safe. But yeah. because her body lately, it's go ahead down. Um, which is, you know, healings, and then, then, you know, she was at the bottom of the barrel in her own life experience of poor skeletal alignment last time we spoke. Uh-huh. So to uh-huh. her, that was the worst her body has ever been out of. She said it was really messed up. And so uh-huh. she says, I've experienced an incline, you know, bettering of it, wellness. She says, I feel I'm 80% better overall compared to when we last spoke. But she's still got that 20% to go, and it feels like when she's alone out there, she feels very vulnerable because she has experienced the deep lows of, well, uh-huh. way back when we spoke with her, if a, she says a dog, a coyote, she's referring to a coyote, a wild dog, right. came and she had to defend herself. It feels like she would have the brawnness, the strength to do it, but not uh-huh. the finesse to move out of its way quick enough. So she has this kind of thought in the back of her head of, am I quick enough to move and pivot? And she thinks she's still not because she's not 100% back to wellness. So that little fear you're seeing, it feels like it's insecurity of, oh, I'm alone by myself, and if I have to protect myself. Now, she does tell me that she feels she's overall in a very safe region. Okay, wherever you have the pasture or wherever she's kept by herself, Uh When you pull the others uh-huh. out, she very, feels very safe. There doesn't think she's in any danger. But the what if is always in the back of my horsey mind, she says. Okay. Okay, got it. I understand that. Okay, super. And is, is there anything else she wants to tell us? Anything else you want to tell us, Scott? She is nuzzling your cheek. And she tells me, my mom is so special to me. She has amazing gratitude for her that you really listened to her last time and you used your own intuition as well to allow your hands to guide you to the places on her body um, that needed TLC. Um, She feels as a result of your heart opening in listening to her last time that it has allowed her to heal in almost a miraculous way. Um, and so just know she has amazing gratitude and increased respect for you that she couldn't have had without the experience of healing that you helped mm-hmm. propel her through last time. Okay. Super. And tell her thank you because she's very special to me and I just want her to be the best she can be. She nuzzles you again. She says you are welcome. We're in this together. She loves you for it. Loves you so much, Maxine. <laughs> Very good. Anything else for Sky? Not that I not that I know of. Okay. If you think of uh, something, we can jump back. We got an okay, hour. Okay. Great. Great. Then the next one, I'm going to take Mr. T. Is a horse that I that I got from my granddaughter. He's small. He's kind of in a lot of ways. He's in some ways he's like a Mustang. You know, he's 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 small, but he's mighty. Um, and and he's kind. And when I bought him, he was billed as a confident trail horse that would uh, do whatever um, and go wherever. But as I spent more time with him, I realized that he um, had it was false confidence because he was frozen in fear. Okay. Uh, when I when I would go to massage him, he was just like a statue. It's like you know, uh, and and breaking through that fear of touch, and let him know that and head shyness and and how he you know and so he appeared to be okay until he learned that he could relax and actually show his fear. Um, okay. And it's been, uh, in fact, just about now, it's been two years that I've had him. And um, I've spent uh, more time with him in this last month just doing groundwork. But what he's done is he's bolted twice with my granddaughter. Um, and, uh, And we don't know why. The first time I thought he had blood on his, Hind end, and he's very sensitive. So when I groom him, I use a very light touch, um, 
you know, I try to be very soft with him. And I tend to be a commanding kind of person because I've done a lot of training and I tend to like dominant mares. And I've, I've had two stallions that I've trained and I've trained all my own horses. So I tend to be a, a strong uh, person. So part of what he's teaching me is to be softer and, and, and just to, to come with softness. And, but he just, he just, he loves this little nine-year-old boy and um, he was riding him and all of a sudden he bolted and started bucking and the little boy stayed on um, through most of the length of the arena, rounded the corner, stayed on, stayed on, and then he like almost slid to a stop and the little boy was thrown forward and rolled to the fence. And the little boy wasn't really hurt but, you know, as far as I could tell, there was absolutely no reason for him to do this. You know, and I I need to be able to trust him. And that if there's a problem that he's telling us without doing something this extreme. And I can't see why he's choosing to do this. Okay. So one of the first things you need to know about me, he says, is the chi flow is not evenly distributed throughout my entire body. He came to you this way. This isn't new. Mm -hmm. So um, chi, do you understand energy flow? Pretty much. Pretty much? Okay. So the rundown is the chi comes in through the pineal gland there in the center of the brain, and basically for a horse, same with people, it spreads out from there. His chi flow is very normal around the region of his head, muzzle, neck, shoulders, front two legs. Now, from the knees on down, he's also very sensitive there to touch, fly bites, things that are even very tiny in nature, simply because the chi flow really is very low there from front knees on down. Now, he can mm -hmm. feel his feet. He can feel his hooves against the ground, so it's not a lack of feelability, but it is significantly, it's 50%, okay, less than what it should be. So when I follow the chi flow through the core of his body, this would be the mid-back, the ribs, everything in the core, it feels good and normal, the hips good and normal. By the time we reach the midsection of the upper thighs and the back too, so kind of where the, the, the horse's hiney would be, that starts to really peter out, and it goes, it drops from, let's see, how do I word this, about 70%, to 30% to 10% chi flow all the way down to the bottom of the back two hooves. He tells me this is why he has like an over-concern for that which is going on behind him. Have you ever noticed Mr. T kind of, you know, standing there and, and like holding his head high and looking behind him? Um, he, he says the sensations in my skin are varied back there. They, the touch feels, touch of human hands, touch of wind against him, it feels almost like speckles of droplets of water hitting a windshield where the touch mm -hmm. isn't consistent or solid. It's speckled. Okay. It's um, they're not there. They're not there. They're not there. It's, it's, not, it's not him experiencing that fuzzy feeling when your leg falls asleep. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. But think of it similar to that where it's a much, much lighter version. So he's extremely concerned about what's going on behind him more often than not. Um, mm -hmm. He tells me he, he does. He looks behind him. Have you ever noticed that? I haven't. Okay. Um, well, it's because of the way things feel. Wind feels odd to him. Um, the sensations of everything against his skin, even sure, I know you mentioned that he's, he, you know, any noise can affect him. It's because noise right. has a vibrational tone to it that you and me, I mean, unless you're, you're sitting next to a drum with your ear close to it, it's not going to be mm -hmm. that impactful. But to him, even wind, even the nature sounds are very impactful to these lower chi areas because it doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel like it mm -hmm. does in the rest of the chi flows. So, um, Mr. T, would it be beneficial if she was to, oh, gosh, there, I don't know what modality would be best here, but use some sort of modality that would help you increase your chi flow to these areas mentioned he said, I would like that very much. Now, why the flinching at touch, even though it's improved, it sounds like, compared to when you first mm -hmm. came? He says, because my body, he says, when I first came was even worse than it is. Now I can feel my back. I can feel, he says, in a better, more normal way. Um, so why, with the nine-year-old boy situation, can you tell us what happened that day? What made you bolt? 
had nothing to do with the nine-year-old. Had, he wanted to work with the nine-year-old. He wanted to work with whoever the adult figure was present as well. So this it was, was not... It, okay, this was not Mr. T not wanting to... He wasn't balking at whatever you guys were wanting him to do. Mm-hmm. He tells mm-hmm. me that, okay, a touch. I want to say it was... Okay, I want to say that it was wind, but not even a strong gust. Like you and I would say, oh my gosh, it's a windy day. I, w- I don't get you mm-hmm. would have find it as a windy day. It would, But there was still a form of touch that touched him on his back left area where the chief flow is low in the back left limb there, and it spooked him. So I get he bolted because he got spooked by this odd sensation. He also has, okay... Um, you know, my, he might be nice to bring to Dr. Wagner at some point too. To our I'm relay. bringing him. I'm bringing him on Monday as well. Oh, very nice. So. Um, he says that he has. You have to describe this to her. I've never heard it put this way, but he has snowflake effect feeling sensation in those two hind limbs and in the regions uh, sometimes that occur below the front two legs, knees. And the snowflake effect is the idea of if it was snowing, imagine it snowing, and the snowflake landing on certain areas of his body and not landing on others. The areas where it would land in the low chi zones would have a very dramatic effect on his mood and on his standability. When he gets nervous, he shows me wanting to kind of flinch, flinch his skin, shake his skin, maybe lift a limb. Um, for the most part, hold still versus bolting, but it's like he get, it's almost like having a bunch of snowflakes touch him or flies touching him. He gets, I see him getting mm-hmm. agitated because of the touch itself. And the snowflake effect idea is it can be induced by sound, it can be induced by wind. Um, he wants help in this area. He feels that Help is something that can help him to achieve success. In other words, he feels very optimistic that this can be, he doesn't give me the word remedied or cured, but he feels like 80% improved. He doesn't even know what pure um, calmness feels like because it's been so long since he's actually experienced that. So this Mm -hmm. is an example of a horse who doesn't feel comfortable in his own skin because of the low areas of chi well, influencing him. I don't get the outside world has scared him nor harmed him in a way that has damaged his psyche, his mental capacity. Uh Okay. Um, I don't get he was abused. I don't get he was, I know you mentioned roughly handled. I don't get that. But you see, for him, even the slightest jarring of, you know, a rain or something hitting him, that to the average horse, no big deal. For him, he's, it puts him into overwhelm. And he tells me you've seen that at times where he just gets agitated because of how the, if you could make your skin, he says, feel a hundred times more sensitive than it is, that's what I feel like in these regions at times. Now, when I, he mentions at times, so when, Mr. T, don't you feel this agitation? He says, after I've had a good meal where I feel full in my belly, um, he says that's actually the best time to work him after a full meal. Really? Um, he says, I might be a little slower on the move, he says, but see, I feel heavy and grounded, and that is a very satisfying feeling. For whatever reason, his skin isn't as sensitive at that point. That's interesting because he's um, he's a horse that tends to stay thin because he, he doesn't eat and he eats very slowly. And... Um, I make sure that he's not having to compete with other horses for his food. Okay. Um, so he, he, I have, you know, right now I, his weight is good, but it takes almost nothing for him to drop weight. Sure, um, because the flinching, the minuscule flinching that happens even when you're not with him and he's not being used uh-huh. for riding and he's just uh-huh. out in nature He's still flinching his skin here and there and doing it repetitively and fairly often that it burns calories. It's kind of like a person. I've seen that. I've seen it, and I haven't been able to figure out why he's flinching his skin. So this is why he's doing it. Yes, he's extra, extra sensitive to touch. Another analogy, he says if you were a burn patient, you wouldn't want your freshly burned skin touched with a human finger that normally could touch human skin without a problem. Uh-huh. Okay, got it. Okay, then what about his shoulders? 
being uneven and his feet, his front feet being uneven, um, they're coming better as as I'm working with it and trying to loosen that one shoulder. The, the top of the shoulder was almost level with his withers. Um, okay. And, and it was also sticking way out. So now it's coming back in and it's dropping down. Is that part of what's blocking his his chi to the rest of his body? He says it is, yes. Yes, it is. Now, what he's showing me when he first came to you, think about that, that I think you said it was the left shoulder popping out more, but it's yes. getting... So he shows yes. me as if I was hovering over like a bird, and I'm flying over him, and my beak is facing towards his tail. So imagine you being with me in that position. Okay. As we look down, he shows me himself hovering above as if he was like a, a backwards letter C, as if the front half of his body and that back right hind were closer to each other versus being in a straight line, as if his entire length of his spine is, I'm going to call it like scoliosis, but I don't get he was born this way, so I'm not going to define it, but I'll call it like that in the sense that the, the whole curvature seems to be like a backwards letter C. Now, when I ask him, so it's improved over time, so, okay, the fact that you've been working him, and moving him has loosened some of the right stiff shoulder muscles on the right side, right shoulder. It has also gained um, the musculature in the right shoulder has also in, increased. So in other words, he's got more muscle there. It feels like that has allowed him to, okay, become more supple in the right shoulder. It also feels, and I don't know why exactly, but it has also decreased that C, backward C curvature of the entire length of his spine. Um, so that's good. The left shoulder is able to relax now more in place. I guess the left shoulder was only popping up when you first acquired him because of the over curvature that you wouldn't have necessarily saw unless you got on the tall ladder and looked down at him from above uh-huh. and asked him to stay, stand in table pose. He, he wouldn't have been able to stand completely straight. And I also get at that time he wanted to stick a back, I want to say a back right hoof out to kind of balance that section of the leather seat. So it's like he okay. wouldn't have wanted to put it in normal alignment. It would have had to have been out to compensate for the body posture. Okay. He's not and perfect so, yet, but it's yeah. really improved, which is okay. nice. So yeah. yes. And then and so so when 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 he turns, he does not bend his body from nose to tail. It's like he's turning a board. And so what I part of what I've been working on and when he you know, when I asked him he he had no idea how to move his front feet and so if he swung around he would always he would whip that hind end around like really fast. And his front feet would stay planted. And so when I've been working with him on the ground, I've been trying to get him to be able to move his front feet so that, say, he's going to the left, then instead of putting that right front foot behind his left front to put his right front foot in front of his left foot. You know you know how you want them to cross over in front? Exactly. And, and, so, and so he was crossing behind the foot in the direction he was going instead of crossing in front of the foot that he was going. So I don't give him the release until he puts that right front foot in front of the left foot or vice versa, that he that the foot he's crossing over goes in front instead of behind. And so he would almost like trip over his front feet. And is that part of this that he doesn't quite know where his front feet are? It's because of the stiffness factor in the length of uh-huh. his vertebral column. Okay. Um, so we, I'm saying the stiffness both now, it's still there, okay, but it does feel like it's mm-hmm. improved. Um, if I go back when you first acquired him two years ago, he was stiff, I want to say, from the first vertebrae that basically starts the thoracic, so base mm-hmm. of the neck, thoracic. He was stiff from that entire length to the SI joint. So he says to ask me, he says to cross over in front, was hugely difficult for him. It wasn't a mental thing. He knows how to move. If his body wasn't stiff in that area, he would have been able to be taught that and pick it up quickly and not balk at it. But to mm-hmm. be able to put that hind right in front of the hind left 
if turning mm-hmm. that direction. He says, it's like, he says, I'm stiff like glue that has dried. And he says, I don't have much flexibility into there. So it was very challenging for him. Now, these days, it feels like he's improved in that area, but I still don't get he's perfect. So, yes, indeed, this strange curvature that still exists in a gentler way mm-hmm. compared to two years ago is still influencing where he can comfortably place his feet and where he can't. Okay, okay. One more okay. thing about the, the hooves. Yeah. Back two legs I'm talking about, he shows me standing, I'll call it splay-legged, um, splay leg to me is like two hind legs spread farther apart than you'd really want them to be at a standstill position. When I ask him, why are you showing me this, Mr. T? What's this about? He says, I feel like I stand like that. And why do you, he says, to get the pressure off my lower back. His SI joint, sacral iliac joint, you'll need to mention this, Dr. Wider, is so tight. It's a 10 out of 10. It can't get any tighter than this. He is okay. an amazingly resilient horse at not being mean, um, considering the amount of tension that is on his spine, whether you're riding him or not. My goodness, okay. what a strong, wonderful personality and character to be able to... And a lot of horses, this would drive them bananas, and they would literally, it feels like, go crazy in the mind because they couldn't stand mm-hmm. it. He has been okay. tolerating this. Um, he is a, he's got a big heart. He's he's got, that's why I love. bought him. Is, is I saw that under, underneath all of the the stuff I saw is that I saw that 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 kind eye, that big heart is, and that's why I actually wound up buying him is because of that. And the tension in the SI joint is his hind end is about an inch taller than his withers, which mm-hmm. understandably is going to put more strain on that SI joint. Okay, okay. Okay, so Mr. T, how much of this tension is caused by the way you're built? He says 0%. So how, okay. what, what has caused all this tension? Mm, okay. So um, I don't know if your granddaughter or your whoever, I think you said your daughter, whoever you bought him from knows much about his past or his history. He was once kept in a confined region. I want to say it was mm-hmm. a stall. It feels like um, an outbuilding of some sort. And he was mm-hmm. not allowed to move. He wasn't, he wasn't given um, enough time out for his muscles and his front two shoulders to grow. It's like he was kept oh. in so small a space that the length of his body got accordioned into itself, the front end. Oh, of yes. Uh-huh. Do you know much about his past? I just know that I bought him from an old cowboy um, and and that he was kept a stallion, which I would not consider him stallion material in any way, shape, or form personally. Um, and uh, out on the western slope, when I saw him, he was in a fairly large corral, probably at least 30 by 30. But he he will not spend time in an enclosed stall. I have an open, um, a three-sided shelter, and he will go in there, but he can barely go in an enclosed stall, um, which he has, you know, has a run, but he will barely go into an enclosed stall to even eat. Um, he didn't know what grain was. He didn't know what a carrot was. He didn't know what an apple was. I had to teach him to eat those things. Um, so I don't get that he had much affection. Um, he was more of of a tool to use. Yes, he would um, agree with you. And that um, period, he had periods of isolation where he got to see yeah. people, he got to see horses, you know, his head was sticking out of the, the stall. Again, this is back prior at home. Um, however, mm-hmm. his body wasn't given permission to move. That pen okay. that you met him in, that you first saw him at, that wasn't mm-hmm. his usual space. That was a showing pen, he says, to show me off. Oh, my poor baby. Um, he, you know, it's interesting. He does not blame the people who owned him. Um, however, he feels like he would yell at times. He would he would neigh, and, and he he's a really quiet horse. He's not really one to be that vocal. No, he doesn't talk much. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't paw. I mean, he's yeah, a nice horse. Yeah, but back horse. then he would neigh, just asking, please, I've got to get out. I've got to move my body. My shoulders are growing into my back. Because he was so, it's like putting a dog, expecting a, a dog to live in a carrier and letting them out for an hour a day. Their, oh their confirmation 
is going to be influenced by the tight space. So right. it does look like you're dealing with some of that, and you might be able to unwind. Is it possible, Mr. T, to unwind some of that? He thinks it is. He just doesn't know how to do it. But he's very confident in you because he saw what you did with Sky. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Because I haven't really nets. I don't feel like I've really bonded with him so much. Um because it's yeah. so hard to, it, it's, he's not been willing, you know, I've put out effort to, to try and teach him that touch is okay and that, that I'm okay and that I'm not going to hurt him. But after a year and two years now of him still being, feeling to me distrustful and not responding, then, you know, I get tired of putting out overtures. Yeah, of, uh, now you understand where he was coming from. It was because right. he accept it because the sensitivity of touching burning skin, it didn't go away no yes. matter how kindly right. you tried. Right. You know, right. he's okay. greater love for you than you have for him right now. Um, mm-hmm. He has greater affection for you than he knows you have for, you know, him. So he knows it's not, you know, you guys aren't on equal plane as you are with Sky, and he's actually okay with that. Um, he says, if you help me with my skin, he doesn't know if, He's looking for even some sort of drug or something that will decrease the sensitivity of his skin. Um, this is not something you would do topical. He actually shows it to me internally. I, mm-hmm. as Danielle, don't know if such a drug exists, but if he could take something that would mask the overwhelming sensations that touch creates in him, he says he'd be a much happier guy. Okay. And that might, and that certainly explains why he's so sensitive about, especially the way he whips that hind end around. You know, if you weren't a good rider, you'd you'd wind up coming off. He whips that hind end around so fast. Um, yeah, he had a lot of sense. practice doing that in right, the fall right. back when. Right, right, and so that also explains why he doesn't want to move his shoulders because he gets to spend. You know, he's got a a you know a fairly large pen and then he gets turned out in the pasture and he gets to run and he gets to be in a herd here so he certainly gets a lot of movement here but I bet if I do some of my physical because I'm an equine massage therapist so if I do a lot of the um maybe the shoulder loosening I've got some ideas. Okay. Okay. See what you can do to, um, he says before you work with him, though, see what you can do to uh, mask or drown the overwhelmed touch sensations. And it feels, if he didn't react to your fingers, he actually would Mm -hmm. be able to receive the massaging. And if you can unaccordion, he says, my front half from my back half, he would love that. Uh Okay. Front and back. Got it. Okay, and Diane might have some ideas for me too. Okay. Okay, super. Then the the third horse is is Natiri. Okay, so Natiri, please. Okay, I've got her in your first question. Okay, so um, so if Skye's, I'm you know I still don't know that Skye's going to be writable or not. I'm hoping that she will be. But Sky has been my confident go-to horse. You know, I'm 62. I've just had I've had back surgery in March and April. Um, I'm, you know, I'm. Um, I used to be a totally confident rider that would ride and do anything, and okay. um, I got thrown and badly hurt about five years ago, and then. Uh, a second horse um, bolted, uh, jumped a huge ditch. I was thrown in the road, um, again, uh, badly hurt. So uh, my confidence and trust in the horses has, I'm, I'm uh, overcoming that, but I'm still struggling with um, them listening to me and that we will have a partnership that will keep both of us safe. Um, okay. And and what I need to know from her is that she will be will become my my uh, primary riding horse, and is she is she is she going to be 
willing to trust me and keep me safe and um does she want to do that and does she want to be a trail horse and and be safe going out just her and I on our own um that kind of thing okay very good so let's start there so Natari how about the trail ride do you want to do that okay First thing she says to you is, I feel like I'm a very young horse, a very young soul. When I ask to tell me more, she says, with that comes, she says, insecurities. Um, the insecurities is she's still learning about her body, okay? Um, at the age of five, she feels more like a three-year-old in a five-year-old's body. Um, so if you've ever seen a, a gangly teenager or a small t- human toddler who is learning to use their limbs in space, right. that's how she feels. She feels gangly as if um, she says, now I don't hurt, I'm not in pain. Uh, okay, and she just says that I, feel, I do feel like I'm not as well put together, she says, as your sky horses. She thinks that Skye knows where her body is, knows where each leg and every hair on her skin, on her limb is. And Natiri's like, I'm still getting that awareness. She says, I do my best in offering you a good ride. She says that she doesn't consider herself a skittish horse by nature. She's um, learning. She's growing. She's like a a kid in preschool, she says. Now, as far Mm -hmm. as do you want to trail ride, she is interested in doing this at a slow pace. When I ask what about the pace your person's currently doing, whatever kind of riding work she's doing with you, she says that's okay. So what you've been doing with her has been fine. It's not mm-hmm. been overwhelming, not too taxing either. Um, but she says I cannot be your, she says, your endurance horse overnight, um, and she knows right. that. To do that would spook the bejeepers out of her emotionally. Um, mm-hmm. As far as, so what brings you joy then? What kind of interaction with your person? So she knows. She says, I am looking for, okay, a lot of groundwork, excuse me, not groundwork, a lot of riding work around home. This would be, uh, if she's on your property, you know, it's, it's like mm-hmm. on home uh, base. It's not out trail riding out in, you know, the outskirts. It's very close to mm-hmm. home. I'm going to ask her why this. She says, because this area is my safety zone. I feel like I can, ner- I can learn new things in a safe place, and this place I live is very safe. Um, she has yet to grow. I mean, you might think she's full grown yet. I don't feel that in her, though. Um, it feels no, like I, you know, yeah, I agree with you. She's still, she's still she's got still, muscles end to she, grow into. Right. I, I, I totally agree with you that physically she's growing slowly. And yeah. that's one reason I haven't pushed her, you know, even though chronologically, but looking at her, and and also, you know, mentally she does pretty good, but she uh, is uh, doesn't focus very well. So like she will be walking in sandy, no rocks, no obstacles, and she'll trip because she's not able to stay focused on on what she's where she her feet are. So let me explain to you the reason why for that. Okay, so left eye is fantastic, close up and at a distance. Right eye is pretty darn good with eyesight, close up. At a distance, it's very off. Um, So I don't know why this is so. She tells me it's been like this for a long time. Um, It doesn't harm her. It doesn't bother her. But her depth perception in both eyes looks very different. If you're looking out of the left eye, you're going to see, she says, the road ahead of you looking different than if you focus out of the right eye. She lives most of her life out of her left eye where her vision is better. That's her dominant eye. Um, she says the tripping, she says, I take it all in stride. You know, when she trips, especially in the front two hooves, to her it's kind of like, oh, I tripped. I don't see her, she doesn't get spooked by it. I don't see her being, okay. like, taking it serious. It is, oh, I tripped because I didn't see that there in the same way as I saw it in my left side. My left eye and right eye see it differently. I didn't put the two pieces together. And there's nothing wrong with her brain. Brain interprets images to the best of its ability. It's doing great. And I, I certainly wouldn't put this in the category of, you know, you, you can't trust her because mm-hmm. her eyesight is off in both eyes. You know, she's taken it all in stride, <laughs> quite honestly. Okay. Um, but that okay. doesn't mean why. She is not trying to be... Um, uh, so the gangliness is what we already talked about. The gangliness is separate from the eye issue. So she's kind of, okay. you know, 
dealing with a couple different things here. She tells me she's a very sweet girl. She holds still for you. She lets you load on her, which is, you know, getting up into the saddle, she says in a very positive way. She feels she does very good listening. She thinks she's got a lot of good things behind her. Um, as far as can you keep your person safe in the way your person seeks you to keep her safe out on the trail, she says, I say no, Mom, because I might trip and I might falter, and she says, you might lose your balance, and I don't know how that's going to end. She says, but I don't think I do it a lot. I don't take it to heart or seriously when I do it. I don't think I trip with my back, too. She knows that you, you mentioned in the email how in the back, um, I think it was the back left, at one point she had tendon yes. surgery as a result of an injury. She says everything healed really, really well back there. And, yeah, it does feel like she lands different on that back left compared to the back right, but that's not the reason for the trippage. It's because of the okay. eyes. Okay. Okay, and is there anything we can do about the eyes? Okay, that's, that's a great question. Natiri, is there anything that can be done about the eyesight? If you can strengthen that right eye's vision for me. Uh, okay, she shows me you holding a carrot at two different distances. Um, okay, up close and then far away, but where she can't come and get it. Uh, and then you ask her to focus on it. It's kind of like the idea of eye strengthening exercises. I know they mm-hmm. exist people. I don't know much about them myself, but this is the idea she's alluding me to. Okay. Great. Her eye doesn't hurt. Great. There's nothing foreign, no foreign bodies in the eye. Okay. Um, good. Yeah, her neck feels good. Her vertebral column feels great. She's well put together. Um, okay, so back left hind. The muscles are a little bit tighter. This is mild. Okay, a little bit tighter yeah. back there than on the back right or compared to the front two. Um, she's not complaining about it. I just feel it in her. When I ask, is there anything your person needs to do about it? And, uh, she says if you can help her stretch that back left, and I don't get she'll like it very much or like you doing it with her, but if you can help yeah. her really stretch that back left um, to help her give uh, more flexibility and suppleness to the muscles that are in the inguinal area, this would be kind of like if she yeah. produced offspring where her teeth would be. Okay, that region is kind of tight in the muscle muscles. Okay. Um, that would help. But, again, it's minor. Okay, super. That's it. And so she tends to, uh, like, like she, it seems to me that she's overcome her mom when she was a month old. Her mom, um, in fact, she's a little miracle child because I bred, I hand-bred the mom in early October and an ultrasound in November, you know, single fetus, you know, appropriate size, and then Sunny started bagging up, and I thought, well, and we checked her progesterone levels. Her progesterone levels are fine. And I thought, well, she's going to deliver, and it's going to be a seven-month fetus because she wasn't supposed to be born until early October. Okay. And, um, and I went out, and I had a healthy-term baby June 1st. <laughs> nice. Um, so, so she's uh, my miracle child. Uh, that, you know, that should have never, how that happened, we, I mean, the vet is like, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and so, but at month of age, uh, Sunny uh, twisted her, her her gut and we had to do colic surgery. And she was at CSU and they left Natiri in a um, a cement stall by herself for five hours. And when I showed up the next morning, um, she was cut from her hooves to her pole from battering herself in that stall and just being frantic. Um, And it seems to me that she's pretty much overcome that. But um, I just wanted to check. And, And she seems to, you know, like the look she gives me, she gets an angry look in her eye. And so that confuses me about, um, you know, how to receive her. Um, So I just wanted to ask about that. Okay, good. So answers for both. So the first part is, yes, she is over that temporary five-hour isolation. At the time, she says, I just didn't understand. Nobody explained it to her. If somebody had explained it to her, she would have balked, but she would have um, come out of that experience a whole heck of a lot more 
uh, happier and less agitated than they left her in that. She feels like she was left in that state of agitation because nobody took the time to explain it to me. As a result, that ties into that, that angry look you sometimes see for me, she says, is because you need to tell me what you're doing before you do it. She has this thing uh. about as a result of that experience, so the two are tied together. As a result of nobody telling her what the heck was going on with her poor mom and why she was being isolated and why they took my mom away, to this day she's like, you better tell me or I'm not going to work for you. I actually see her becoming um, resistant to doing what one would right. ask of her if she doesn't understand what you're doing. So just take, take the moment. You know, tell okay. her you know, in advance, you know, tomorrow the vet's coming, we're going to do your hook. Well, I mean, as simple as simple as well as complex okay. stuff. We're going to learn a new, you know, move today. And I'm going to describe it to you and send you visual pictures of my mind, and then we're going to actually do it together, and I'm going to guide you. Okay. That, that I can, I'll, I'll be very happy to do that. That helps me understand what she needs. Yeah. Okay. Some horses are push-button. You just tell them the body language or the, the kick with your legs, and they get it, and they don't need or even have a huge desire for the tell me about it first. For her, it's just the opposite. She is extreme in the tell me what you're doing before we do it area. Before done. She's like a person. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And you know, when I'm when I'm working with a with a horse, you know, my my clients' horses, I tell them what I'm going to be doing, and that you know, and that if they're injured, then it might I'll do my best not to hurt them but it might be uncomfortable and then ultimately it will feel better, you know. And I show them if I'm going to do body lens on them and so I show them what's going on, um, you know. So um, so I'll be sure and, and do that uh, more with her. Um, that's, that's great. And so we're doing okay on time, but I, I don't have necessarily anything else to ask, so does she have anything else she wants me to know? Yep, certainly. So, Natiri, anything you want her to know? Um, she says in two years, when I'm seven years old, I will be full grown and fully mature, psychologically, mentally, and obviously in my body. She looks mm-hmm. forward to that time, but she's in no rush to get there. She's enjoying the present life. She enjoys her life. She feels you don't ask too much of her or work her too hard. She doesn't mind you being on top of her while Skye is still in recovery or healing mode at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells me she can sometimes be rude to Mr. T. When I ask her, what do you mean by this, Natiri? She says, well, see, I understand and see and know that his body isn't, oh, my goodness. You named him Mr. T or somebody named him Mr. T. And if you've ever seen the cartoon of Mr. T, his muscles are extreme in different uh-huh. areas, cramped together in what, you know, my, my Danielle human judgment would be they're not elongated or natural like a unworked out person. Right. Um, so right. he really is crunched together. And the Terry's mentioning, I see his body conformation is off. He's like squished, like his accordion analogy. Oh, my God. And uh-huh. as, yeah, yeah, that's why it's actually a very interesting name he's got. You know what? Uh-huh. Um Wow, labels can have power. Let me just step aside for a moment. Universe, truth, please. If there was a second name or something different offered to Mr. T, uh, would that have any sort of energetic influence on his body relaxing and elongating? I'm getting that it would and that we need to go back to Mr. T to talk about that. So let me finish with her first, and if you want to. Okay, great. Because he came to me as Traveler, and Traveler is just too much to say. So I just shortened it to Mr. T. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. We'll go back to him in a minute. Let me finish with her, honor her. So why are you rude to him? She says, because he's not put together perfectly. She says, but I've gotten nicer as I've aged. (laughs) She used to be pesky (laughs) to him. Pesky. Now, that's what she means by mean. I don't see her being rude or, you know, her her Uh definition of pesky is mean in her mind. But um, she's a lot better with him. She says, but now I understand. Now that you guys all talk, she says, I see he can't help being a Mr. T, being a muscled here, muscled there kind of horse. She says, and I feel just the opposite. And she's chuckling now. She thinks it's quite an irony. You've got her who's spread out and gangly because she's yet to grow fully into her body and, and full musculature. And then you've got him who's over-bulgy in different areas and tight in areas where he's not supposed to be. Um, 
So she just finds that very amusing. <laughs> okay, anything else, Natiri? Mm, she says to you, I'm the unicorn you never had. Um, when I ask her, what does this mean, please? She says, I am magic. Oh, oh, it goes back to the idea of her, her miracle birth. She had full intentions mm-hmm. in being born. She says, I was like a unicorn. Unicorns have magic. So uh-huh. uh, do you still have magic? She laughs. She says, in the very literal mundane sense, she says, I do. But tell mom that I'll be at my best at seven years. In other words, she, she is very hopeful, optimistic, and has a strong knowingness that she is going to be an amazing ride for you, amazing mount for you, especially around the age of seven years old and beyond. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Super, because her mom, her mom was my horse of a lifetime. I got Sunny when she was seven, no, when she was four, and she came to me, um, you know, I'd go to put the saddle on her, and she'd just tremble and shake, and I'd go to bridle her, and you know, and after a year's time, she was like grabbing, if I didn't have the bridle ready, and she, and before I brought it anywhere near her, she was grabbing for it and ready to go, and you know, in thousands and thousands of miles of trail, I never came off of her. I had it, the two times that she's refused something. I couldn't see why, but she said it wasn't safe, so we didn't do it. Other than that, you know, if she said it was good, we did it. Um, you know, she was just, she wasn't an emotionally close horse, but she was um, just like, we're here to do a job and let's get on down the trail and there's no point standing around and, 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 you know, but, um, that, that was her mom and just, I had absolute confidence in, in her as a horse and she loved what she did and let's go and, and just, oh, just the most amazing horse ever. Uh And so both Sky, Sky, and and the terrier sisters. Oh, okay. So uh, they're they're sisters, same mom, and um, the dad was Sky's sire, sired Natiri's dad. So okay. like three quarters sisters is what they are. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So okay, so let's go back to Mr. T. So we don't we're almost out of time. So Mr. His T. Name. What would he like to be called? Okay, there we go. Mr. T, what would you like to be called? Labels and names are so powerful for so many of us. Um, You know, something where it's fluid like a river, where rivers run long and cool and relaxed. They're not in turmoil like a pounding ocean. So um, that's a description of a name. When I ask you have a specific, like, word or name, he says, let her find one. But if you can find a word or a name that fits the description of cool, flowing water, he would like that, even if it's an Apache name or Native American name. Um, so you're going to have to look for something like cool, running water. It's the idea of loose and flexible and flowy. Um, when I ask him anything else she can do to support you as your body, you know, hopefully shifts and changes here, He says she needs to energetically tie my meridians together because there's just too many disconnected. He feels that your horse partner, he's referring to Dr. Wagner, will be able to guide you on this. And actually tell her the verbiage, he needs help tying his meridians together because they are, instead of them flowing together like a line from point A to point B, even though they're spread all over his body, they're like Mm -hmm. A and B. D and D, they're segmented where they're supposed to be in a line, in alignment, flowing okay. from point A to point oh, I know, I know exactly who can help me with this. I have a, a lady that does etheric clearing, and okay. she's worked on me um, uh, on this kind of thing uh, for years now. And uh, I had her work on Sky after Sky got hurt, too. So, okay. That would be great. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And I'll send this to, um, to, when you send me the recording, I'll send it to Diane so she can review it before. Okay. Uh, okay, sounds good. All right, very good. Um, we do have two minutes right. left. I'm just going to open my ears oh. to any of your three equines and see if anybody has okay. anything in closing. 
Okay, Mr. T is good. Um, Nate Terry says she wants the soft blanket. Um, when you when when your person does what? You got to repeat that. When you saddle me up, choose the soft blanket. This would be the the, the blanket pad that goes underneath the saddle. She wants uh-huh. the soft okay. one. When I ask, well, what would be not the soft one? She doesn't want the old scratchy, dirty one. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, you know, you know who Natiri is, right? Mm, no, she's the prince, the princess in Avatar. Oh, oh, you're right. I didn't even, I didn't even connect. Okay. Right. She's okay. she's strong. She's powerful. She's intuitive. She's in tune with nature. She's in tune with herself. Um, you know, she's fluid. She's and so I wanted to embody those. Uh, she's a leader. She, I wanted to embody those character, inter- energetic characteristics uh, in the theory. So that's how she got the name. So is she happy with her name? She loves her name. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so that so that's that was Natiri. So soft blanket. Yep. Not old. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll ask her. I'll ask her which. Uh, which blanket uh, feels better on her? Because I've got a bunch. <laughs> okay, okay. She she'll tell me. Fine. She'll let you <laughs> she'll know. tell me. Yep. Okay. Super <laughs> good. Duper. And I guess and then, I'm actually set to go. She's she's very complete. So. Okay. Super. All right. Super duper. So we are All right. Thank today. you so much, Danielle. I really appreciate it. You are welcome, Maxine. <laughs> Just give me 24 hours to get the recording to you. Okay, I will. All righty. Thank you. Sure. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.